Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And now my name ring bells All across the world so my name ring bells Welcome to Fade the Booth With your host, the best deep threat ever Deshaun Jackson What's going on, it's your boy Deshaun Jackson You now tuned in to Fade the Booth I got my boy, my big homie, the OG in the game Too Short, what's up bro, how you doing? What's up, what's up with it? Hey man, I appreciate you coming on man Real original Bay Area cat, man You know, I went to college at Cal, man And growing up, man, I can remember like you, Mac Dre Like, rest in peace, Mac Dre But Keek the Sneak, like E-40, like it was it was something different, you know. Marshawn Lynch, that's my dog. You know Marshawn very well. <laughs> yes, I used to come sure. to uh, to Cal my first year. I was with 05, and they was banging. Oh, you you went to you went to Cal and right in the middle of the hyphen right movement. That's what I'm telling you. So <laughs> when I came in there, y'all had it going, bro. But you know me being from LA, it's different out here and coming to, out there in the Bay, bro. Like. Man, talk to you a little bit about that, man. What you what you feel about the Bay where you from, East Oakland, original? Come on, man, talk to me. So when I was uh when I was a youngster, I, I came up in like the uh the later eighties, early nineties, you know, it was when we was wild out in the streets and shit. So back then we had a thing called the Sideshow. Yeah. And the Sideshow was, was it was a one location. It was Eastmont Mall in East Oakland. And all the they would just take the whole parking lot mm-hmm. and any streets that surround the mall and it would just be a fucking show. Like, what right. kind of car you got? What you looking like? What you doing? And motherfuckers would, would display their driving skills, doing donuts or popping willies on bikes <laughs> or just pull up with your, who got the loudest music, who got the baddest female, yeah, you know, just that. everything. <laughs> so that shit went on for years. Right. And when the hyphy movement came about, the youngsters at that time, we talking like, you know, 10 years later, mm-hmm. the, the youngsters at that time, was like, fuck East My Mall, right. like anywhere we go. <laughs> if I pull up right here on a side street, a back street, a motherfucking main street, a parking lot, anywhere they said, I don't know if it was a text message or a word of mouth, I just know around. <laughs> they took the same name, the sideshow, mm-hmm. and did it their way. So then they like bust down, you know, just bust open the intersection or whatever, and just, well, I don't give a fuck if it's the middle of the, the night, the middle of the <laughs> evening, and day, they just do the shit when they feel like doing it. And the cops would it just be a little overwhelming. So the sideshow, fucking with it, huh? <laughs> you know, if you, we got fucking the Bay got a bunch of DVDs and shit back when they was selling DVDs right. of just the ghost stupid hyphy For shit, sure. and that shit is just. I look back at it and go, that was that shit was wild, man. It yeah, was wild. Man. It, it but, wasn't nothing like it. But right now we got this thing that uh, you know people talk about the hyphy movement, and I'm like, right now it's still it's still that same spirit. You put on some Bay music yeah. or put on the right song and a Bay motherfucker gonna start dancing, pulling on their shirt and pull, popping the collar and shit and doing the same shit. You put on some old Mac Dre, kick the sneak, they gonna fucking yeah. go stupid. It, it's like, it's not a fad that we went through. It's right. something that just made, it's in the it's DNA thing. of the Bay. For sure, man. I, I, I give you a lot of credit for that, man. Like for me, I'm an LA cast, so I came to Cal and like I used to doing the same shit, ghost riding the whip and doing all that hyphy movie shit. But it was like, like you say, you put on the right song, shit, you going, man. Like I remember one time I was shit, we was 
up in up in um, Berkeley somewhere, and Marshawn pulled up. And he got out the car, the car moving. He turned around doing this. I'm like, this nigga's out the car, the car it's moving. This shit can dance. Car's still in side. drive. Man, where y'all get that from, bro? You know, I got to give uh, somewhere between uh, Vallejo and Mac Dre and that environment and somewhere between Oakland and Kick the Sneak and that environment, everything you see yeah. that's a part of the hyphy movement comes from what they were doing. I always, I analyze it a lot, man, and I always come back to Kick the Snake and Mac, right. Mac Dre, right. and then on the production, you know, like Rick Rock, it was, a, you know, Tracks a Million, it was certain beats. Mm-hmm. The beats had to move you, but right. then the rapper, what Kick the Snake was doing and saying, and what, what Mac Dre was doing and saying at the time was like, that was what they wanted to hear, man. It went with the moment, so... Um, it could have been some little dude that we don't even know. For sure. Jumped out the car right, just, and just made it look good. And then somebody rapped about it and Mac Dre did it and it shit just got famous. So exactly. but it's all in the movie, man. One thing I do know is that when you when you're a part of something like that, if you want to be, you know, remembered, you gotta do something different. You Definitely. gotta do something. You gotta drive a certain way. Mm-hmm. Like a, like you know, a lot of people do donuts. Right. But you ain't really see a lot of motherfuckers just get out and yeah. burn rubber in the middle of the street, and and when they finish, it's a number eight written on the ground in uh in fucking uh rubber. Rubber, right? That's, you hit that figure eight, perfect. Uh, yeah. Where you just leave the number eight in the street, you might make a name for yourself. For so sure. you know, you gotta you gotta do something that the rest of them can't do. No, I respect that, man. Like, what what was it like your early ages like that made you want to rap, or like who was that one person? If it was an artist or anybody that influenced you, you know, coming coming from East Oakland. Um, like, I don't know. Like, what, what was that like for you that inspired you on the music? So, first and foremost, motherfuckers don't know this, but it was no rappers in the Bay before Too Short. Mm-hmm. Like, it was nobody was Too rapping. Short. I was listening. I was in, like, ninth grade. I heard Rapper's Delight. And I probably played that song, like, over and over again every day after school. Like, just that one record, just let it keep playing, keep mm-hmm. playing. And I really liked that rap shit. I really liked the flow. I was already, you know, I was I was in there like the school band and shit. I'm, you know, playing drums and shit. I'm into this shit. And then this rap comes out and it's just rhythms and timing and shit. And it's like, it's not, you ain't gotta sing to do it. I couldn't sing. Right. So one day, other rap records started coming out. It was, you know, Curtis Blow and Grandmaster Flash. Mm-hmm. And one day I was like, man, I could do this shit. And I just got me a little instrumental on a on a record, one of my mama's records, and I fucking Start rapping, and it just, I just I just figured I could do this shit. So uh, I started playing it around the streets and shit, and let motherfuckers hear it, and people like my rap. So you know, some time went by, I made me another rap. Then a little time went by, and I met a uh, I met a homeboy named Freddie B. Mm-hmm. And Freddie B knew how to rap. Now, I, mind you, I don't I can see no rappers nowhere. Right. So me and Freddie B hook up, and it was his idea. He was like, man, we should take this shit to the streets and start selling it. Mm-hmm. So we ended up with this cold little hustle where we go to all the drug turks where they sell the drugs. Right. And the logic was not because they selling drugs. The logic was we know who got cash right. money right now was them dudes. So we made them our clientele and started just doing all kind of house parties and fucking, you know, we used to make customized tapes mm-hmm. for like the D-boys and shit. For like sure. it just really, the whole process of walking around Catching the bus, riding our little hoopties, going to every hood, selling tapes, right. and then doing the house parties for the for the, the hood parties. Mm-hmm. That shit just kind of made a, a a streets grass movement. You know what I'm saying? That just it just That's never true. ended. 
Nah, man, I give grassroots. Y'all, I, yeah, I, I give y'all a lot of respect. Yeah, man, y'all been. I, I ain't even say y'all shit. You you alone, man. Like you said, you know the the name too sure. I mean, you could go all across the world and your name is known big, man. Put in work, man. Uh, you feel me? Put in them, <laughs> them ground roots, what they call it. But for for me, like looking looking back now, like and seeing the young generation, the young music, and um, you know how accessible the internet is. Like in your ear, we didn't have. The YouTube, the internet, I mean, the Instagrams, the, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, h- how do you feel like the game has changed now? Like, how do you feel like you being the OG, how are you staying relevant with these young cats? Well, I'm going to tell you, the um, the multiple platforms that you have to get your music out there or whatever whatever you're doing to make you popular, which is, you know, a big deal right now is popularity. Mm-hmm. But all these platforms are a beautiful thing, man. It's like... You can just you can master one of them. Mm-hmm. Just be you can just be big on TikTok only, right? And you the shit. You can just be big on YouTube only. Like it's sure. it's multiple platforms like that that can launch you into a real career where you getting money doing what what you love doing, right. doing other things, deals coming to you. Like it's just mm-hmm. just you can sit in your house and become this. I think it's a beautiful thing, right. but you know, competition wise, to me, I don't care what era you in in sports. Music, whatever it is you're trying to get ahead at, mm-hmm. the competition is still there. You still gotta be. You can you could you could talk that because such such and such football player right. played back in the day, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, a man's a man. You know what I'm saying? You you gonna get in there and right. you gonna you gonna give it all you got in the moment you in. And if you if you could rise to the top at that moment, you the shit. But I'm telling you. When I was coming up rapping, somebody wanted to be a rapper. Right. Somebody wanted my spot. For sure. And yeah. I'm like, I'm just p- putting in work, putting in work. So I just think, um, I think that the hard work that you put in is not, it's not like you, it's not like you have to do less work now that you got all these digital platforms. Mm-hmm. You got all these digital platforms, but you got more competition. More work. So when I was coming up. It's the same level of competition, but it's not that many platforms. Mm-hmm. It's not that many rappers, but it's still. You know, opportunities knocking. You got you got to get your shot. So I just think um, when it, to, to the way I look at it, man, because I'm still striving right now sure. to get music money. I'm still hustling, doing shows, making music, fucking with other artists, doing collaborations and shit, mm-hmm. and using my name <clears throat> as a brand to make other money. So respect. I just think, man, all you got to do is be an overachiever. It don't matter if you came up in 1980. Uh, <laughs> 2008 or, or 2021. Yeah. It's the same hustle. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta put in more work than the other people that do what you For do, sure. and you gotta be better than them. So you gotta put in more work. Mm. And even if you like the next guy over here is clearly better than you, mm-hmm. you can outwork that motherfucker and get his spot. So that's how I think about the shit. You know, y'all, everybody sitting back at home. Y'all, he just gave y'all game without y'all even knowing it, man. Man, <laughs> dropping jewels. Um, man, you you one of the few. They're still really able to do it. Like, you know, I credit like you and Snoop, man, that's, you know, like real OGs, you know. Besides that, I don't really know too many people that's been in it 20 plus years, man. What you been in the game, what, 20, 25 years? Yeah, you know, it's, it's a few, man. I, you know, I always, I always got to shout out E-40. E-40 I always got to, you know, shout out cats like Fat Joe, okay. like that had hits right. in different decades. For sure. You know what I'm saying? So I just turned 55 years old. And what I'm doing right now, man, I, you know, you, you've been seeing me around for years and I just like I keep in touch with what the sound is you know what the hot shit is what the look is you know I I go to clubs and you're like and that old nigga here trying to fuck these young hoes I be in that motherfucker even if I did fuck a young hoe whatever I be in that motherfucker looking at 
how do people react to, to the music, music that's popular? Mm-hmm. I just want to see what the fuck it is. I, I've been hanging out in strip clubs my whole adult life because right. that's how you see how the bodies move to the music. For sure. And that's crazy, bro. So, I never realized that, man. Sitting at home with my fucking PlayStation 5 or some shit and my bad bitch <clears throat> and a big ass box of weed. Ain't really gonna get me, keep me relevant. You know what I mean? So I get out there and I, I breathe the air, man. I go, I, I go see what it is with the young shit, with the OG shit, with the. Uh, I'll go to a motherfucking Asian club. <laughs> I want to see what's going on. I'm not, that not nigga networking everywhere, man. <laughs> hey, yo, fat, you got a famous term, man. I, I'm sure you already know. But where, where that come from, bitch? What's that? Come so on, that's, <laughs> that's uh me and my my rap partner from back in the day, Freddie B. We had a thing, man. Where <laughs> we used to just talk shit on our mixtapes. Right. And and before the tape come, would come on, we would do like this skit of all kind of shit. And mm-hmm. somehow we always got to work the bitch in the skit. Right. It started by accident one day. And it's hella funny. The shit just kept going. You go look at some um some old like uh, Dolomite movies. Yeah. And he always yelled that shit out. <clears throat> bitch. Like, it's, it's a little bit different, but it's, it, you know, we was highly influenced by uh, artists like Blowfly, who used to make dirty-ass rap records. that not, not, Some people don't know about Blowfly. We used to make dirty-ass rap records long before Too Short mm-hmm. and fucking uh, 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 Rudy Ray Moore shit, right. fucking Dolomite. And that shit, that shit was big in Oakland. M- movies like The Mac, mm-hmm. that whole... Anything that was like pimp culture, the pimp look, that shit w- went over big in Oakland. So. Man, who- not to cut, I'm sorry, I got it because you you put on a pimp. Where I, I got to yeah. test that a little bit. Where you get your pimping game from, man? Was it was it any OGs that you grew up looking up to, or was it just something you kind of caught along yourself? Like, tell me, talk to me about some pimping shit because you, so you want to originate. So what it is is, is some people it might hit you at a young age, and for me it hit me with the look. Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, the images coming from the black exploitation movies in the seventies. I'm a little dude. You, you know, you're not looking at it like, oh, this dude makes this girl sell her body for sex. You're looking at it like, this nigga got some clean-ass clothes and a clean-ass Cadillac. Right. And you're like, that's that's fly. <clears throat> so, you also, um, you know, um, when you start learning about the game, when you feel like you if you connected to it, it's a sort of a uh, like an arrogant kind of confidence thing that you're like, I'm the shit. So... Guys are like programmed to like to like court a chick and be like you know sing a song outside her window with a ukulele or some shit. Right. And the the way we was raised is like you just walk up and offer her mm-hmm. the option of would you like to be in my life or some shit. Right. Now at a young age, that shit sounds retarded. Right. But I remember the first time I ever felt this way. I was about thirteen and. I had a girlfriend who had a next door neighbor mm-hmm. and we all used to sit there and talk. So then I was like trying to work my little game and I was like, dang, y'all know what? I like both of y'all. And they was like, they came back to me with a counter offer and said, well, we like you, but you got to pick one. Right. And I came back with a counter offer and I was like, I can't pick. I just want both of y'all. Period. And then they was like, okay. Right. And, I, and from that moment, I went to school and someone was like, I got two girlfriends. You killing and me. And <laughs> you kind of get pulled into it so in a city like Oakland, the movie, the Mac was filmed in Oakland. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the people in the movie 
weren't actors. They were just people from the town. Right. And there's a certain pride in that whole avenue. Like, even if you're not a pimp, mm-hmm. there's a whole image of acting like a pimp. Like, the whole persona. Like, you could be a gangster or you could just be a hustler. Right. But your persona of how you walk and talk and dress is pimp. Yeah. That's some shit that's you can do in Oakland. So, I kind of... um. I I took I look I learned the game and I was like well I'm not gonna be out in the streets like pimping on hoes mm-hmm. but I actually it's this hip hop thing I'm gonna take the pimp game and flip it to hip hop and the OGs when I started doing it the OGs who was really pimps would even the hoes they'd be like want to uh, sit me down and mm-hmm. tell me a story <laughs> to add to a song or something like or just give me some game mm-hmm. like man you know you got to tell them motherfucking short blah blah right, blah right. and they just chop it up with me so. I was a student of the game for a very long time. I consider myself still a student. And I would actually, not like a reporter asking stupid ass questions, but I would get into like like some real slick conversations with pimps and hoes. And one of my favorite questions that, that, that you wouldn't believe gave me a lot of fucking shit to write about was I used to ask hoes, because you get a different answer most of the time, you know, you get variations. I used to ask hoes, what made you want to be a hoe? Why you a hoe? How you end up being a hoe? You know what I'm saying? Right. That's the story. A hoe story. Yeah, because it comes from something. It don't come from, real I thought hoeing, I thought giving my pussy away for money was glamorous. Right. It comes from reasons. A real situation. And that shit is songs to no, me. So, sure. so, you I know, the, you. the Oakland is Oakland <clears throat> is like my muse when it comes to writing songs. It's not just pimp shit. It's so many elements and, you know, facets to that little small town right. and personalities and just you know just individual swag that I could just tap into Oakland and just make me write songs so that's my thing hey man I, that's some real genius shit man like for for me looking back like obviously you know my era I was born in 1986 so you 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 can see um you know my era but as far as like someone looking up to a, a person like yourself for me like that shit was cool bro I ain't gonna lie because just the lifestyle, you know, just like you said, being able to have a female at the drop of the dime do whatever you want and you got benefits behind it. Like you said, you turned it into a lifestyle. Like, give me a, a story or something where I could turn it into a rap. So you was able to turn it into not only dollars and ancillaries in one way, but shit, I'm doing it in the music too. So so for me, looking back at it, like, that's power, man. That's like a, a, a very controlling position to be in. Like, do you feel like Oakland... Is is a, the leader or like when it comes to pimping or certain things like of the air of Oakland like across the you know the states like do you feel like a lot of people was taking what y'all was doing and implementing in other places? Um, in the hip hop, there's a, a a certain energy that comes from the Bay that a lot of artists tap into, mm-hmm. but other ways around though we tap into a lot of Vice what Vice. Atlanta for sure gives us. We tap into a lot of what comes from New York. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. If you if you sitting there. With that whole booty shaking and, and twerking shit, that shit, I got the shit from New Orleans. Yeah. I seen how they was doing it over in Miami. Mm-hmm. All this shit comes up to Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? It takes over the whole South. But, you know, I, I just think that uh, we all contribute to the, to the big picture, man. And right. um, if you was to go anywhere where pimps gather mm-hmm. and it's just a pimp convention and you just start doing a survey of, who's from where, you'll realize that the game is everywhere. Like, it's some boss players from everywhere. And I'm proud to say that I'm from a little small-ass town, Mm -hmm. but I don't give a fuck if it was the worldwide convention of pimps and hoes. 
Oakland would be heavily represented on the pimp side, no doubt about it. So mm. if it was like you got a, a strip in Hawaii where the word is out, they getting hella money. Mm. Some I go out there not to get no holes in that. I'm just I might be doing a show, right. and it's like five homies pop up. Look what y'all doing out here? Oh man, we know we out here get that money, man. So right. it's just a thing. And then you know you take it to get off that fucking uh, prostitution and just take the game into like. A corporate space mm -hmm. and I'm in New York I'm in Chicago I'm in LA and I'm in these fucking office buildings going to these meetings and people keep coming up to me going what's up man I'm from Oakland right. you know and they getting they in high positions and swag their way out mm -hmm. with the shit they got from the town you from you from Long Beach LA okay I thought I went to high school in Long okay Beach, okay so, but it's, Long Beach is one of them little towns for sure where you know what I'm saying it's just you just gotta you next door to the big city exactly. and you gotta fucking try a little harder. Mm -hmm. You know, like 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 Compton. Compton got the sauce. Yeah. What the fuck is in the sauce in Compton? Right. Like, you go take the list of Compton's achievements. Mm -hmm. You talk about fucking Venus and Serena and Dr. Dre and Kendrick sure, Lamar and, and Game and like I can just keep naming motherfuckers for a long time. Sure. You're like, what the fuck is in the water? Right. In Compton. So it's just mm -hmm. I think it's just the position you put in and you want to fucking strive to be the best. So. Uh, that that game takes you a long way. And even in relationships, mm -hmm. I'm not telling you to go home to your girlfriend and go, bitch, I'm a pimp, wake right, up. Right. No. But if you if you actually apply that game mm -hmm. to your life, you don't have to disrespect your woman. You don't got to call her a bitch. Right. But I'm saying, say, treat <clears throat> me a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I uphold the standard of being treated a certain way. Yeah, you got to give to get, but at the same time, if you if you getting what you want, right? You know what I'm saying? You giving her what she want. You getting what you want. You know we ain't, we ain't Everything. getting into that. Yeah. Like we're not venturing off into that away from the game shit. Like we're right. not getting goofy in a relationship that where that where um you in a position now. You're going how the fuck I end up here? I'm all uncomfortable and shit. Mm -hmm. It's like fuck that. The game wouldn't let you let you go that route. You know. Shit. Or when it did get that route, yeah. you'd have enough sense to step up and go. Uh, I can't be a part of this. Right. You know what I'm saying? It ain't, it ain't this ain't kosher to my ethics of how I live life. Sure. And that's just the game. If it's in you, it's just that way, man. I swear, I feel like I lost a good, couple of good ones playing that shit too mm -hmm. tough. I'm sure you do. But did. I'm also, I'm also sure I backed off a few that was no good for me. Right. Like I'm not with your bullshit. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying so. No, you gotta do I, it. You gotta I chose, choice. I chose to live by the game, man. That's, yeah. what, that's that was my choice. No, that's love, man. That's I, I appreciate the game you give giving, man. So I got a, a section of my uh, show. We call it billionaire talk. So billionaire talk is basically inspiring the youth. You know, somebody sitting back at home. You know, getting jewels from you. Like, what's some motivation or? You know, something you could get back to somebody that wants to be the next too short. You get what I'm saying? And like, at a time where they feel like giving up or it's rock bottom, like, what is something that you could tell somebody that's something that you went through as far as in your career and in your life? Well, um, I think um, I had a lot of options in life on my way. I, I look at my career like in the longevity, you know, prospect of just just sustaining a long career. Mm -hmm. And I think I could have got off track many different times. Mm -hmm. I could have got off track uh, dabbling in like crime, mm -hmm. like maybe like start making a lot of legit money and then want to mix it in with some dirty money. Mm -hmm. I didn't do that. I had homies around me that was like, man, don't fucking do what we do. Do right. what you do. Right. And and before I could even get talked into it or think it up myself, they're like, nope, you can't, you can't have the streets, bro. Mm -hmm. we, we with you, but you can't have this life. Cause we need you to be too short, and then 
you know, I could have just got off track. Um, just like fucking like like not being on top of my game or, you know, turning my back on who I came up with or, you know, like blood related family. Family ain't shit, mm-hmm. but, you know, you still, you, you still know, if, if, yeah. if you can, you right, should. Right. And I got the kind of family that, blood related family that the minute I blew up, they was like, we don't give a fuck. Right. You know, like you still, literally. still family. Yeah, like like we proud. Like, let's go to the show. Let's do the shit. But we give a fuck. Right. We at the house. Grandma right there. We Everything. give a fuck who you is, nigga. Right, nigga. You the so, same nigga to me. Yeah, so. And and then my homies, too. I kind of like, I wasn't doing this shit by accident. I did this shit on purpose. I'm like, I'm going to actually keep close to where I'm from. Because mm-hmm. I got out there. And I went on fucking tour, and I seen the shit, and I, I mixed and mingles with the celebrities and shit, and I seen how it's easy to go through the fucking door right. and don't come back and be like, man, I can't bring y'all with me. I'm gone. Period. And then I know the people on the other side of the fame, and they fame and fortune and moved mm-hmm. away, and they don't talk to their fucking family, and they don't go visit their cousins down south, mm-hmm. and they don't fucking talk to the friends they went to school with. And I, I seen that shit, man. And you mm-hmm. kind of, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't like what you could become. When you let go the of fame, who, you, who yeah, the fuck with, you really with, are, with the so dude. I think that part of the advice I always give is you gotta continue to be yourself, man. You know, and if you could, if you gotta create something, like I had to create too short. Mm-hmm. If you gotta create something to get what you want, understand that's a fucking job. Mm-hmm. I don't, I didn't become too short, and then get a whole lot of money and get some fly ass cars and start jumping out calling all the, all the females bitches and shit. Mm-hmm. Bitch, get in the car, bitch. Like I talk that shit on stage That's and the record, right. but if you see me with seven girls, I did not get them by disrespecting them. Right. And all I'm saying is be yourself. Be yourself through all this shit. Don't get lost in the sauce mm-hmm. and, and become some fake ass <clears throat> shit because if you get in the game and you become hella fake, I'm telling you, that shit's going to backfire on you. Fast of the motherfucker, too, man. Now, I respect that, man. So y'all hear what he said, man. Just stay in the game. Stay true to yourself. And it don't matter if you become this star over the whole world. Don't forget about your loved ones, man. You feel me? Bring and them don't with fuck, you. Don't fuck the little people on the way up because fucking over all the little people on the way up you find out on the way down, all them little people, them motherfuckers it. be blowing up. <laughs> hey, they going to get back right at you. Oh, yeah, I remember you did this. You shit on me now. It's my turn to shit on you. <laughs> and then if you if you really like blowing up and you really like achieving success and you appreciate all the people around you and you like you like elevating higher and faster than everybody else uh-huh. and you treating everybody else with love and respect, it's the, t- the tables are going to turn. Mm-hmm. Things, positions are going to change. I've had a lot of little people. Right. I blow, I'm up. They little. Mm-hmm. I'm still wherever I'm at, but they get bigger than me. For sure. And they they go, man. I always remember when I was a little nigga. You, you did you did this and you did that, and you, and you just you just show me respect. Like that shit goes a long yes. way in longevity. For sure. So no, all that shit, man. You could you anybody can get hot. Anybody can have 15 minutes right. hot year. Fucking hot song, fucking it's longevity. A, a, a good season, you know. It's longevity. I tell these young dudes all the time, it's longevity in this shit, and it's like it ain't what you did. Two years or ten years ago, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> and that's what type of business we're in. We're in a driven business, and that's that shit. The numbers and ancillaries, what does it, bro? So, oh, um, yeah, like <clears throat> we're gonna add a few more. We're gonna get up out of here, man. You a legend, man. I appreciate you coming, man. Y'all see, y'all see him, man. He dropping jewels, man. The legend. Um, did did becoming a father later on in your life, um, you know, change the perception of like your music and music that you put out? And like, how did you feel about your kids listening to your music? 
So luckily for me, in that question right there, I had my first child at the age of 52. Mm. So I would I felt like that question would mean a lot more to me right. if I had kids when I was 32 sure. and I was still halfway in the middle of a career of saying, bitch, suck my dick. Right. And then I got two little daughters at home. <laughs> but now I'm like, I, I feel like I could tell my daughter, you was you was born when I was 52. Right. I was your daddy was a player. Right. A real one. And then, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I could give her some perspective on the shit that, you know, um, that's that was what I did. That's what yeah, I did. Sure. That's what I do. And and right now it doesn't really affect me because I knew I knew when I when I was doing what I was doing that at some point, if I had to explain this to right. my mother, my grandmother, my my niece, or my daughter, that you know, you, you got to just uh, put it to them in real terms. For sure. And that's how I am, though. I'm like, I'd rather, uh, like, I sit here and talk to you about the game. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have that conversation with my daughter right. about the game when I feel like she could digest that shit and be like, you know, this is what, what I'll be talking about, and this is what I experienced. I'm pretty sure her world's going to be different than my world, but at the same time, mm-hmm. take this little, uh, these tools called right. the game. For real. You <laughs> do get, what you want with it. You're going to give her the game. One thing exactly. I can say, you she's she going to be gamed up good enough by nobody, nobody else but you. You feel me? And, and I, I just think that... Um, you know, uh, you could be a pimp's son and grow up to be a, the biggest sucker in the world. For sure. And your daddy could have sat you down and gave you game while you rode around all day and you still grew up to be a sucker. Right. It's the individual. But in that situation, if your daddy was a pimp and you grew up to be a, a the best trick in the world, just buying all the pussy, and your daddy gave you all that game, that's what you did with it. That's mm-hmm. he did his part. Sure. I, I if I was if I'm a, if I feel real pimpish. <clears throat> And I give my son the game, and he grows up to be a trick. I'm not going to not love him. It's like, that's what you did with you. Be the best trick you could be, little homie. But, <laughs> For sure. but you know, nah, that's your love. daddy ain't going to be that. That's <laughs> nah, man. So we're going to wrap it up, man. I, I want the people to know, man, Any anything you got coming up, new, man, um, you know, things we should be in tune for, to look out for, man. Like I'm going to tell you, the main thing you need to check for, and it's real life, is Mount Westmore, that Snoop Dogg, E-40, Ice Cube and Too Short. Mm-hmm. It's already solid, solidified. The shit is coming. Uh, we've been shooting videos, photo shoots, working out all these different uh, angles on which platforms we're going to run it on and where we're going to debut it and all this shit because there's so much now that you can't just go, hey, let's make an album, mm-hmm. sign the Universal and put the shit out. That ain't that ain't the game for what we're doing. Yeah. It's more like let's have three or four strategic corporate partners before we launch, you know what I'm saying? Like we're going in, you know, the, you got to work the corporate shit into Definitely. the into everything. They, they finally caught up, you know, corporate oh, America. They didn't, re- they didn't really realize or, or they didn't really realize how beneficial it would be to tap into us urban celebrities, mm-hmm. you know, and and what it would, what it could do for their companies. They knew that we were supporting them, right. but they were like, well, we don't got to like use them. To, and then right. when they start fucking with us, shit got real big. Right. So, you know. Uh, hip hop is uh is 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 big, man. It's like the biggest genre in the world right now. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm glad I, I wrote it out. Hey, <laughs> hey, you did you? Hey, did you did you uh, check out the uh, hip hop uncovered with Big U, Bimmy, and all that? I was that? on there. What you what you think about that? I think um, that is a related story to a lot of things I know about. Um, it's my story for sure. It's mm-hmm. um, is another documentary that came out some years back called um, 
It was called Planet Rock. And it was about specifically the relationship between crack cocaine mm-hmm. and hip-hop music right. all the way around. It's probably like a four-part series. But that one that they did uh, uncovered was specifically about the streets mm-hmm. and its connection to hip-hop, to which is even was even deeper than just scratching on the surface of what what part did crack cocaine play in hip hop. The streets, like what they the story they was telling you was true as fuck. Without those guys, without those street connections, you don't have hip hop. Mm -hmm. Hip hop has no credibility. Hip hop gets has no audience. It ain't got no motherfucker it has no legs, no wings. No authenticity. It it does nothing. It's Mm -hmm. it's basically a dance that the fad and comes and goes. But when the streets go Okay, you you part of the fabric of us. You roll with us, like like literally, man. Like the one thing I was relating to is, in my era, you're not a rapper who gets to walk into certain circles and places and spaces unless you got real street niggas That's going yeah. giving you the nod. Like, oh yeah, he cool. For sure. Like if you don't if you don't get the nod from the streets, you can't. You're you can't not. You're not shit. accepted. Period. That's the realest shit you and can say. And you might be naming like, think, thinking back to old school rappers and so and so, man. Everybody had a little team, man. It was For very, sure. it was very few that got in the game with like you just a few like little nerds and y'all just you know came in with the nerd yeah, rap and yeah. blew up. That's very few. Right. Everybody who got to come up there and walk in that motherfucking yeah, arena had some had some niggas with them. You know, mm-hmm. some, some Brooklyn, some L.A., some Oakland, some Miami, some some Houston. Sure. Everybody. Everybody. So that 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 hip hop uncovered was real as fuck. That's respect, man, man. Love, man. I appreciate you dropping jewels, man. It's always a pleasure, man. Got the OG legend. Too short in the building. <laughs> hey man, don't get no better. Fuck show. Hey, come on, man. You bitch. <laughs> I I got the money, but my pride keep me in the streets. I got the hustle, but we guarantee we gon' go, eat. Go, I got go. a few plays. I'm quarterback. I'm Tom Brady, 12 in the pack. And I'ma throw it, get my arm crazy. If I'm playing too hard, you gotta get a ball. If I'm playing the ball, you can't come cross. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Lease the 2024 RX 350 Premium All-Wheel Drive for $5.28 a month for 36 months with $49.99 to its signing. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease offer and pricing details. Not all customers will qualify. Offer in the Lexus Eastern area and it's April 1st, 2024.